Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Have you heard about Met Naturals? We have all heard about CBD in its many forms, but how do you know the difference between quality? The difference begins at the farm with organic best practices and traceability from seed to shelf. Have you tried CBD? Many people have tried but didn't enjoy the experience or had an experience that they didn't feel anything. Love your CBD. Better yet, utilize it daily for ailments with pain, inflammation, anxiety, or sleep. Met Naturals is the brand that has thoughtfully created products with you in mind. Met Naturals begins our plant-based care by testing all soil to the billionth particle. They never use herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, insecticides in their growing practices and have third-party testing at every stage of the process. Learn the difference and love your results. Pure, simple, and transparent. Use code JUSTINGREDIENTS for 10% off at www.metnaturals.com. Again, that's code JUSTINGREDIENTS for 10% off. Melissa Taylor is a Reiki master, yoga instructor, and a two-time survivor of breast cancer. She excels at helping others find natural solutions for their health issues. Melissa brings awareness and balance within each individual to a higher level as she offers priceless tools for self-healing the mind, body, and spirit. Working with ordinary people of all ages and walks of life, Her client list also includes professional musicians and professional athletes who have sought her expertise to help them bring balance and healing in their careers and personal lives. She believes the impossible is possible. Welcome to the show, everyone. I actually am really excited for today's guest because she is my good friend, Melissa Taylor. We actually met through Instagram, well, sort of through social media, but she actually lives nearby me as well. So she's amazing on Instagram, talks all about healing and energy. And she actually, like the bio said, is a two-time breast cancer survivor. And she just is so inspirational. And I'm really excited to have my good friend here on the show with us today. Thank you so much, Melissa, for being here. Thank you, Carlin. I'm so excited to talk to you. And chat about all the fun energy astrology things. Well, I'm excited to ask you about all of that because it's something that I'm not a pro at. Before we start talking about that, though, will you tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself and your background, but especially about your cancer journey and your healing journey? Yeah, so when I was 24 years old, I found a painful lump on my left breast. And I didn't really think much of it because I was so young, but I went to visit my gynecologist just to get it looked at. And when he did his exam, he recommended I go to a breast surgeon to have a breast surgeon look at it, who recommended I go get a mammogram and just kind of this series of events just led me like down the road of ultrasound and biopsy and it came back positive for invasive ductal carcinoma, grade three, which is the most rapidly growing type of breast cancer that you can Mm. have. And um, it was a triple negative breast cancer, which means it was negative for a lot of the 
like progesterone and estrogen that can cause breast cancers to grow. And so that left very limited treatment options because I couldn't do hormone therapy to slow down the growth. And so really I was left with surgery, a lumpectomy, which I had to remove the tumor and then chemotherapy that I did eight rounds of, and then radiation that I did for about seven to eight weeks, five days a week after that. And so that obviously rocked my body. I was 24 years old, just terrified, would do anything to save my life. Um, I was under wonderful care of doctors. They were, they were just wonderful. And then recovered from that. It was a really long road of recovery because those kinds of treatments, chemotherapy, it just really destroys a lot of your body because it's trying right. to kill the cancer and they give you as much of a dose as they possibly can to kill the cancer without killing you. So it really just brings you down to the, like, the shadow of death. And so it took years to recover from that. Um, most people still have a lot of side effects from that type of treatment. I think I've been very lucky that I really don't think I have very many side effects, a little digestive because it really does interrupt your um, digestive system. But was able to move on, had a couple of kids had two boys. And then nine years after my first diagnosis, when I was 33 years old, uh, at a routine MRI scan, they found another tumor. Wow. In, yeah. In the same breast. Oh, goodness. Mm -hmm. And so it, that really spiraled me because you couldn't pull the wool over my eyes anymore. I mean, I knew what I was in for having already gone through it. And so that was a really dark and scary time for me. But my oncologist at the time, she said, gee, you've had kind of your lifetime maximum of some of this chemo that you've already had. And luckily the tumor was very, very, very small and it hadn't spread anywhere. And oh, that's so good. She, yeah. She just recommended, well, surgery, like how about surgery? So I had a double mastectomy and recovered from that and had some reconstructive surgery, but that's the only treatment I did the second time from my doctors. And that was really all they had to offer me at that time. And I was feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't want this to happen again. I, I know there's more out there for me to discover that can help me with my healing. I just knew it was like this knowing inside of my body that there was more that I could do to empower myself and help myself heal. And so that just set me off on, that's why I'm where I am today sharing what I share, because I promised myself that I would do anything and I would search for anything that would bring me health and bring my life back and spare my life for my kids so I could be around longer. And so I'm still on that journey. I'm in remission. Um, but I'm still on the healing journey because there's so much uh, that I've uncovered that plays into healing and it, not just physical healing. I absolutely love that you took something hard in your life and have made it a positive that you have educated yourself, empowered yourself to know other avenues of healing, and then have shared that with so many people in such a fun, positive way. So that is inspiring to me. But let's talk about some of those other routes of healing that you have found. So I know on social media, you talk a lot about energy. So 
explain to us maybe what energy is. Does everybody have an energy system? How does energy play a part in healing? Okay, this is a fun topic. I think it's sort of a topic that's starting to trend a little bit more. Energy healing is a lot of it is based on Eastern medicine, like Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine. In the Eastern part of the world, they really understand this anatomy that we have, which is our energetic anatomy. Um, and it's a huge part of our health and our life and an area we can access for healing. So we have different energetic anatomy, like our meridian system, which if you've ever gone to an acupuncturist, that's the system that they work on. And it's not a physical system, but it's a frequency system. It, the meridians are like little rivers of waves of energy and frequency that run all up and down our body. And when energy collects or gets stagnant in our body, we can have pain, we can have disease and illness. And so what acupuncture doesn't, I'm not an acupuncturist. So this is just from my understanding is that when they place these needles in certain meridian points on the body, they open up flow for the energy to be moving more freely, kind of like when you're congested, you know, if your bowels are congested, you want your bowels to always be moving because it can really cause a lot of issues if you're not eliminating properly. Well, same with your energy. You want your energy to be flowing and coming in and coming out. We also have these other, another system called the chakra system. And those are containers or wheels uh, that hold emotion. And we have seven centers that run up and down our spine. And those interface with our physical body, they hold our emotion, they hold our traumas. And so when you understand that you're so much more than just your physical body, that you have these other parts that are contributing to your health and wellness or to possible disease and illness, you can work with these areas and you can bring balance to your body and to your energy body and back to alignment and have a really beautiful flow and improve your health. I love that. It's not talked about very often, our energy systems, because we talk about the physical body quite often, but we don't teach this. Why do you think that is? I, well, I think that we kind of have a Western mindset. You know, we've, if you're in the Western world, you grow up kind of learning more of these Western concepts of the body, which are incredible and important to know. Um, but it's just sort of something that I, I don't know if it was is lost to the Western part, or if we never really embraced that ourselves. Um, but I think because we're so connected now with the internet, and I mean, we can just reach each other and learn so much from each other that I think it's starting to, I know it is. I mean, it's starting to make its way here to the Western world. And I feel like it's it's all part of one big whole. Like it all can work together for our good. And there's a lot more acupuncturists now. There's a lot more people that do energy coaching and energy work. And so it's kind of exciting. Even when I started doing this seven years ago, it was not as well known as it is now. So I think there's a huge evolution in understanding the whole part of our anatomy, uh, especially here in the Western world. Just I think people are ready to embrace it because they realize that 
kind of like I did, that there are places for Western medicine in our healing, but it's not always complete. I love how you just said that. And I think it is becoming more and more trendy because of that. There is a place for Eastern and there is a place for Western. And I keep saying like almost every podcast, we need to just bridge those two together. And so that's exactly what you're saying. Um, Before we go on about other things with energy, I know some of my listeners might be wondering because you live a very healthy life now. You're very healthy. So do you only focus on energy or do you also focus on your physical health, meaning like what you eat and exercise, things like that? Yeah, I absolutely focus on my physical health. In fact, that's where I started right after um, my second surgery um, when I was recovering from my second uh, diagnosis of cancer. I started with food. That was the very first thing I started with. I went organic, I did more whole foods, I eliminated a lot of the processed foods. And your account really helped me understand more about organic food and really what a big difference that makes. So yes, that is where I started. And I started with movement and just taking care of this physical body. And, And I've just added on to that with all the other things. And what led you to search energy out of all the things you could have gone and searched for? Oh my gosh. Okay. Are you ready for this answer? Yep. <laughs> okay. So I had kind of a spiritual awakening actually when this happened. Um, when my second cancer diagnosis happened, I went through something where it's kind of like I woke up one day and I realized I could sense and feel things like subtle energy and things that I hadn't ever picked up on or noticed before. And maybe I was picking up on it, but not consciously. And I could feel what other people were feeling. And I could sense the vibration that was coming from them. It was the most interesting thing that happened. And so I just thought, what? Like, how can I, how can I know this? How can I feel this? Like what's going on? And I actually had a friend in my neighborhood. She was an energy worker and she talked to me and taught me some things. And, you know, when, when the student's ready, the teacher appears and that's kind of what it was like. She showed up at the perfect time to give explanation to what was happening. I think some of us are a lot more sensitive to energy than others, but I think that that is an area that all of us are have an ability to be in tune with. It's just maybe we don't know that that's what we're experiencing or that that's even available to us. Right. Well, I know I am not like you in that, but I do know that like, for instance, if someone is really stressed out next to me, it makes me stressed out. Or if people are really happy near me, then I'm like, oh, it's fun. And I'm feeling happy and energetic as well. So I do get that sense of feeding off of other people's emotions and energy. Yeah. Like if you've ever walked into, like if your listeners have ever walked into a room and there's just been an argument or something and you can kind of feel like this, the electricity and they're like, whoa, something feels heavy or funky. Like we just, our nervous systems, actually, it's our nervous system that picks up on, on that energy. And you know what I think is so amazing is that that energy then affects our organs and our whole body because People always say like, eh, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, no, think of like the energy of when you are stressed, everything tenses up. Or if you're nervous about something, your stomach all of a sudden just feels queasy, like it's going to throw up, you know? So 
we know it affects our organs as well. Absolutely does. In fact, I had like a mentor after my, my second cancer diagnosis, he said, you know, breast cancer is connected to anger, held Hmm. anger in the body. And this is from a Chinese medicine perspective. And I kind of laughed at him. I was like, I'm not an angry person. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's because I'm suppressing. (laughs) That's because I'm holding it in my body because you know, we're often taught it's not appropriate to be angry, you know, and we, that anger actually is a really powerful emotions are messengers and they're here to give us information where our boundaries are, where we need to speak our truth. They're meant to move through us and express us emotion and energy, and it's meant to move through. And so if we don't allow that movement or that healthy expression, right? Not like working it out on someone else, but actually like acknowledging our body and what we're feeling. And um, we will suppress that. And it, that will resonate because it is, it is a frequency. It will resonate with those, with our body, with our physical body and our organs and systems and cells and will, you know, break it down. Well, and that negative energy will sit in our cells, correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, and I was just talking to my foot zoner that I love going to that she was like, yeah, every organ has an emotion. So like you were saying, breast cancer is anger. The -hmm. other organs have an emotion as well. That's right. Yeah. And it can be very unique to each individual person's experience, but it's a great place to start to actually learn like where, you know, where am I having pain or what's going on with me? And then, you know, you, you can even look up these days like even through Google, like what emotion is connected to my liver or what emotion is connected to my stomach. It can give you a good starting place to do some discovery of what, what needs healing. So when people are trying to heal, then you believe they should heal physically and emotionally and energetically. Absolutely. That would be a whole approach to healing in my opinion. Okay, so now I'm going to move on to another topic, because this energy work then led you to something that I know very little about, and we were discussing it on a bike ride one day, you guys. Um, She has started studying, and you've become like a pro in this, in soul weather astrology. And tell my listeners what that exactly is. Okay, so I've definitely been studying. I am not a pro, but... I am, if I find something I'm really passionate about, I will, I'm a forever student and I will always be learning. So Carlin was very gracious to listen to me ramble for 30 minutes on my bike ride, on our bike ride. (laughs) Um, And we talked all about this. So soul weather astrology, I've been studying this through my mentor, Syl Carson. And I love this approach to astrology because sometimes we're like, "Eh, astrology, like, what is that? You know? Um, is there truth to that? And it's just really, it's a beautiful science. In fact, Ben Franklin called astrology a noble art. And I think it's kind of a lost science and a lost art, but it's understanding how the heavens and the planets and the constellations affect us on earth. And depending on where their placement is, we will feel different effects on the earth because of the energy exchange that happens from the heavens. Okay, so when you first told me this, I was like, energy from the heavens? But then you explained it to me with the sun and the moon having energy. So what energy do they have? 
Yeah. So let's start with the moon because that's one that probably most people are familiar with. The moon has, has a really powerful energy that affects us on earth. It affects our circadian rhythms that respond to the moon cycle. It affects parasites. So parasites are actually more active and reproductive during the full moon um, because our bodies produce less melatonin. So the moon phases affect our melatonin production, which affect our sleep and our immune function. So our immune system doesn't fend off parasites as well. So our health is, can be affected by what's going on above us by the moon. Um, the moon also increases serotonin, that feel good hormone and parasites. Um, they love that it helps them reproduce and get stronger. So if you ever want to do a parasite cleanse, a really good time to do it. You might know, you probably know this, Carlin, is during the full moon. Right. Well, and then also the moon, though, has effects like on the ocean, putting sometimes women into labor, things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the energy of the moon pulls the ocean tides. And if you think about how much our bodies are made of water and the effect that moon has on water, we are affected by the moon and women's uh, menstrual cycles were also synced up with the phases of the moon before we even had artificial light. That's interesting. I do hear about that from, you know, doctors that will talk about your cycle and the moon cycle. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about the energy from the sun? So the sun, I mean, if you just think about how you even feel when you're in the sun, like it affects us on an emotional level. You know, when it's rainy and cloudy, if we haven't seen the sun for a long time, you know, not just um, lack of vitamin D or things like that, but just we feel more energetic. We feel more, uh, we want to go outside. We want to do things. That sun energy is so vibrant and brings us so much energy in, on so many levels. And where the sun is, and we'll probably talk about this, but where the sun is when you're born has a great effect on your uh, tendencies in life and your personality. That is interesting. We are going to talk about that. But first, another thing about the sun, like when I just go sit out and feel that warmth, oh, it just feels amazing sometimes. And so that is the energy from the sun, that warmth. Yeah, we're, we are cyclical beings and we, we respond to what is happening above us. You know, if it's sunny, we go outside. If it's rainy, we stay inside or we get an umbrella, you know, make our choices based on what is happening outside and above us so much more often than maybe we realize. Yeah, that warmth is, it's really healing. Like it's healing on a, right, on a chemical level with vitamin D and all those things. But like, it really is healing to the soul to be in the sun. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay, going back to what you just previously mentioned about where the sun is in the sky to give you certain personality tendencies, that is part of the natal chart, correct? Yes. Okay, so let's explain to people what a natal chart is. And a natal chart is part of the soul weather astrology, correct? Absolutely, yeah. So a natal chart is a 360-degree snapshot of what the heavens looked like, what the stars and the planets in our solar system and the 12 constellations that are beyond our solar system, where all of those were in the exact moment that you were born and took your first breath. 
Okay, so that's interesting. So I assume you just put in like the internet these days, your time of birth, your day, your year, and it shows where all these constellations, planets, sun, moon were when you were born. So I understand that part, but then that somehow is supposed to give us different personality traits? Yes. So it's a, it's really beautiful when you think about it. All of, if we understand that everything is energy, everything has a radiation of energy. You know, the moon has a different energy than the sun, like we talked about. All the planets have their own frequency or radiance that they emanate out that has an influence on us. So where they are placed in the sky in that, at that exact moment, when you took your first breath and you inhaled, you breathed in all that energy into your body. And so what is above is now below, and you are this microcosm inside of this macrocosm that is above you. And it's like a map for your life. It's a mirror and a reflection of you. And it's really a celebration of you. And so each of the zodiac constellations and your listeners, I'm sure are familiar with them. If you know your sign, like if you're a Leo or a Pisces or Scorpio, those are the zodiac constellations. And there's 12 of them that are outside of our solar system and where the planets are in relation to those have a direct effect on us and our lives. Okay. So let's actually give an example because you actually did my natal chart. You typed in my date and time and everything. So maybe let's just talk about like where my son was placed when I was born. This was so fun to pull your chart up. Every time I pull someone's chart up, I almost get emotional because I'm, it's like I'm looking at them and I'm looking at all they wanted to learn. I'm looking at their gifts. I'm looking at their purpose. I'm looking at the things that their soul wanted to understand and experience to evolve. And so we pulled yours up. And your son is in Leo. So that means your sign is a Leo. And where the sun is placed, the sun is our identity. It's our core. It's how we express ourselves. Um, and your son being in Leo, the constellation of Leo, the temperament of Leo is Leo loves to shine. Leo <laughs> is really good at shining. Leos are very optimistic and generous. And they're very magnetic. They don't mind being the center of attention generally. Now there's other planets, right? That are also affecting our personality. But in general, if you have a Leo sun sign, that describes kind of your tendencies. And it was really cool because your sun was in Leo. So like comfortable shining, comfortable being in the spotlight. But it was also in the section of the sky that represents your career. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes, really fascinating. The sky is sectioned off into 12 sections or houses. And so where the planets are, what constellation they're in and what little section they're in, that's where that energy will show up in our life. So as I'm looking at that with you, we were able to see that your sun is showing us that you shine and express and feel confident in your career. And it's also the most public part of you. Like it's where you will be most well known. And so that's so interesting, huh? Yeah, right? (laughs) Really interesting. Okay, so on this natal chart, I should tell people it's circular. 
And that circle is divided up into 12 categories, or you call them houses. It's 12 different parts of the sky. What are maybe some of the other 12 sections of that circle? So there's a sec- there's a house of communication. And so whatever's in that section of communication is how your tendencies and your temperament and how you express and learn and analyze and communicate. There's a section for home and how we feel and express in the home. There's a health section and there's one-on-one relationships. So there's several different areas where these personality traits really love to show up. So your sun might be in one of the 12, your moon can be in one of the 12, then the different stars are in one of the 12, right? Yeah, the different planets like Uranus, Saturn, Jupiter, Mars. Yeah. Oh, it's the planets in the different 12. It's the planets. Yeah. And some mathematical points too, but we could just focus on planets for this call. But yeah, and your moon, Carlin, is right next to your sun. So did you know that you were born right by a new moon? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. And so that even plays into your personality because the moon represents our emotions and our soul. You know, if you think about the sun, it's just open, it's out there, it's vibrant, it's shining. And the moon is a little more mysterious. It's a little more inward. It's a little more deeper. So the moon represents how we feel our emotional needs, our soul on an internal level. So your sun and moon are conjunct, which means they're within a certain number of degrees between each other. And so you were born about 17 hours away from an exact new moon. Hmm. And so the fact that they were conjunct plays a, a part into how, you know, how you express yourself and your tendencies and your emotional tendencies. And so it's really cool because you are a Leo moon. So you're a Leo sun and a Leo moon, you're a double Leo And when you have this conjunction, like you have someone with that placement is very focused, driven, kind of knows what they want, can be really direct. And this is also all in your career and public reputation. Well, you know me, I'm direct and (laughs) strong-willed. That's what we love about you. uh, That's awesome. Okay, before I go to the planets, though. What does this have to do, though, with people's healing? Does this play a part in healing or this is just something fun that you've studied? This is my favorite part, Carlin, is the healing aspect. Because when you look at your natal chart, it's a way to understand yourself in a way that you never have. It's very empowering and validating. It's almost like permission to be who you really are. Because sometimes we hide our light. Sometimes we doubt ourselves. We often will trade kind of our authentic self and who we really are in order to fit in and attach Mm. and be connected. And it's a real thing that actually affects our health. Dr. Gabor Matei has done uh, amazing research on this. We have two needs, these two basic needs that he's identified, attachment and authenticity. Mm. And in order to feel attached to our parents, to our siblings, to our peers, we often have to sacrifice our authenticity. But over time, that can break down the body because we're actually not living in our truth. And Hmm. so when you are able to view yourself through the eyes of, of the heavens and see these gifts that you have, these beautiful personality traits, these things that you came here to express, you can really claim them as your own and own them and live more in your power and in your truth and in your authenticity. And then you can show up as the person 
that you came here to be for yourself and for others. And so it's incredibly healing. I would say mentally, emotionally, and physically. It's an opportunity to fully embrace all parts of yourself. Wow. I love that. Something about you that maybe my listeners have caught on. You are very in-depth with your thoughts and healing and emotions and things like that. And this just shows it. This is something that people can really ponder about. A lot of people probably don't even think about this. And after that bike ride, I started thinking about that. Like, what is my true authentic self? And am I my true authentic self? Or do I change to be attached to someone? Exactly. And it's beautiful to see that you are living the energy in a really empowering and in a way that is helping others, like by shining in your career and, you know, blessing the lives of others with this knowledge and information that you have, like you are living what we're seeing in your 12th house. It's so cool to see. Okay. So that just made me think of something. What if someone has this natal chart done and they're not living what their energy says are their traits? So we are always living that energy, but we are either living it karmically or dharmically. Okay. So karmically would be like, rather than being conscious of our actions and intentional and choosing what we're doing and being proactive and trying to grow and progress, we're kind of just letting the energy work us over and we're really unconscious and we're not aware of our actions and we're not acting from integrity or intentionally at all. We're just sort of like living it and there's no good or bad, right? It's how you choose to live. It's how you choose. Do you choose to live in a more self-aware conscious way or do you just kind of want to let life happen to you? Gotcha. And then the dharmically, dharmically would be, we have this understanding of who we are. We have this self-awareness. We have this pull and this draw to teach and to share our gifts and to grow and evolve. And we seek for ways to do that. And we do it with intentionality and with consciousness, which, you know, you've done with your career here. Okay. That's good to know. That makes sense. So there's another aspect to this natal chart and that is the planet's. And something that I've been seeing a lot on social media lately are things like um, people talking about the Pluto return. And so I'd asked you, like, what are these returns of the planet and what do they mean? And why are people talking about it? So will you explain a little about that? Okay, so every planet starts out at a specific point in the sky on our natal chart. And we look out at our natal chart as though we're looking because we're looking out from Earth. So it's going to rotate around that circle all the way around. And depending on how far away it is from us in the solar system, it could take longer or shorter. Now, Pluto takes about 244 years to fully orbit all the way back to that point in the sky that it was at the very beginning point of the natal chart. So no one in their lifetime will experience a Pluto return, but countries do because countries have a birth. So there's a natal chart for countries as well. If you wanted to pull up, if you knew the time and the day and the location of when a country was born. And so everybody's talking about the Pluto return because Pluto is almost to its exact degree of where it was when the United States was first born. And so we're actually having our very first Pluto return. Oh, interesting. Yes. And so planetary returns depending on what planet it is, 
there will be patterns that we'll see that come up because of the energy that it holds. And Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth and transformation and generational healing. So what we're seeing when Pluto's coming back to that same degree in that constellation of Capricorn is we're going to see some death and rebirth, some transformation of our country. And it's in Capricorn, which is in the sign of government. Hmm. And so, and it, and this type of return, the Pluto return, we can feel the effects of it for about a decade. So it's not like this overnight, even though it will hit that exact degree actually three times this year, because it's going to go into retrograde, which means from our perspective on earth, it looks like it's going backwards. And so it'll hit the the degree, it'll hit the point three different times. So we get three Pluto returns this year. We've already had one, which was the same time that uh, Ukraine invaded or Russia invaded Ukraine was interesting. Yeah, around the same time as that first Pluto return. And so what it means is that we're going to be seeing some transformation, some, some death and rebirth, maybe some generational healing. And the pattern of the Pluto return for other countries that have had their Pluto returns before, um, they've been associated with, you know, famines and the fall of empires and civil war. And so it's kind of an upheaval. And, you know, soul weather doesn't predict anything. It just gives you the energy and the tendency and the temperament. So what our Pluto return really is going to look like, we won't know until we're through it. But we can know that it will be a transformative process for our country as a whole. That is so interesting. So when are the other two Pluto returns? Do we know? Yes. So July 11th this year and then December 28th. Oh, that is so interesting. So do the events happen on that date? No, just around that time. Not necessarily, but sometimes they do. So it just kind of depends. It's it's an overall feel. And since Pluto is takes such a long time to return and it's such a big process for that Pluto return, um, it's a like a 10-year window of really feeling the effects of that. But things can happen on the exact date as well. So let's talk about the planets that actually we will see returned in our own lifetime. Are there yeah. some? Yes. Yeah, so Saturn is one of my favorite to talk about. We, I think we talked about this on our bike ride. The Saturn return happens about, we'll say about every 30 years, about 27 to 29 years, you have your Saturn return. Um, so most people, you know, if they live an average long life, will have almost three Saturn returns. And the Saturn return is connected to, well, each time Saturn rotates around that 360 degree circle in your natal chart, you're experiencing life, right? And the first orbit that Saturn makes, you're experiencing things on an emotional level. And then the second time Saturn comes back around, it's going over all those same areas. So you will see similar patterns show up in your second round of Saturn orbiting that you experienced your first 30 years, only you'll be understanding and experiencing them from a spiritual level. Hmm. And then the third time Saturn goes around, you'll be experiencing those same similar patterns on a philosophical level. So this is where healing comes into place. I am 41. And so where Saturn is right now, I'm experiencing the same or similar patterns 
and energy that I experienced when I was about 11 years old. So what was coming up for me when I was 11, I was getting bullied really bad at school and it affected my self-worth. So now that I'm an adult and I have tools and I understand healing, I'm approaching those same things and patterns of self-worth, but with a more zoomed out perspective, more of an awareness, more maturity, and on more of a spiritual level. And I'm able to go back and attend to maybe some of those wounds that I experienced as a young child and really do some deep healing there. That's fascinating. So if people went through trauma in their first 27, 28, 29 years, then when they go through, Saturn goes through again, they may approach that trauma with a spiritual understanding of maybe so many things, forgiveness, patience, truly understanding it, empathy, things like that. Yeah, it's an invitation to really revisit what parts of you need healing from that more mature self of you kind of almost parenting that inner child. And you can do this work anytime you can do that inner child healing of trauma anytime, but it might be a little more potent for you and a little more on the surface for you, depending on where Saturn is, which is an invitation to really heal. And that's exactly what happened to me last year. I saw, I was so unconscious to my patterns that that were happening last year. And I really believe that understanding my Saturn return really brought me awareness of, oh my gosh, where have I felt this before? Where have I experienced this before? Well, this was when I was in fourth and fifth grade and I was really struggling with being bullied. And I realized that the experiences I had then affected how I behaved now in unhealthy and unconscious ways. And having that understanding allowed me to really see that when we have awareness of these unconscious patterns we have that maybe aren't healthy, like maybe staying in victimhood or things like that. Once you have awareness of that, you actually have more choice and agency to choose. Okay. Do I want to stay here? And it doesn't mean it doesn't take work to move through that energy, but you can't change or heal anything that you are not aware of that is actually happening. So it was really powerful for me to experience that with my Saturn placement. That's really interesting because inner child therapy work is a very common practice. And so now you're just, we're talking about that, but adding another dimension to it. Exactly. So interesting. So are there other planets that we'll revisit in our lifetime? Yeah, there is another one, the Uranus, half Uranus return. So Uranus takes 80 plus years to fully return back to its original point. So the half Uranus return is kind of a significant one for people, that's usually their midlife crisis. Hmm. So when Uranus is in the halfway point of its orbit, then the planet Uranus is is the planet, it's the awakener. It shakes things up. It does things its own way. It's associated with surprises. And so when it hits that halfway mark, we kind of wake up and we're like, okay, who am I and what am I doing? And it's actually an opportunity for you to look at your life and see what you've created so far. And if you like it, you continue. And if you don't, you may feel that inner struggle within, like, I don't feel aligned with who I am or what I'm here to do. And I want to create something different. So it can be a little unsettling at um, Uranus's kind of shaky and we can feel like, ah, I don't feel grounded or I I don't feel myself. 
but it's really kind of opening you up so that you can really take a look at your life and see, do I like what I've created and do I want to change anything? So are we talking like in our 40s, early 40s, and maybe being like, what career am I in? And why am I doing this? I don't like this. I want to switch. Or why am I not in a family life? I want a family life. You know, why am I single and still partying? I mean, those types of things. Yes, exactly. Okay, so this is so interesting. Just all of this information. I'm all about learning how to heal emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And so I love that this is just another alternative method of healing that people can look into if they're interested. So thank you for sharing all of this information with us. If someone wanted to figure out like their soul weather astrology or natal chart, I should say, where would they go to? So if they want to look up their natal chart, um, they can go, there's an app called Time Passages app. And you need to know your birth date, the location that you were born, and also the time to the minute that you were born, because these charts are very exact. Um, It's a science. And so if you know those three things, then you can put that in and it'll bring up a free natal chart for you. And it will explain your sun sign and your moon sign and what's called your ascendant or your rising sign. It will give you um, a deeper explanation of those three, but it'll also pull up that circle that we talked about, that 360 degree circle, where you can see where each planet was in the sky when you were born. Okay, perfect. So where can my listeners find you? And just so my listeners know, you're not just all about astrology on your social media platforms. You're a lot about healing, energy work, things like that. So where can they find you? So you can find me at Heal with Melissa on Instagram. And Carlin's right. Astrology is just a piece of what I share. But I I've basically set it up to share everything that I've learned that has helped me heal all the things that I wish I had known seven years ago during my second cancer diagnosis that I put out there so that those who are seeking for them will have a place to find them. So I share everything that I've learned about healing with a little bit of dance because that's sort of my other little flavor in there. And then I also have a website, www.healwithmelissa.com. And I do a monthly membership where we meet once a week and I teach and share all of these healing modalities and tools so that you at home can actually incorporate healing tools for your own self-healing. And I live coach and we do energy work on there and I have guests on there and we, it's called the Thrive Hive and it's kind of this just hive of amazing people that are all connected and healing together and there's tremendous support in there too. I have heard so many good things about that Thrive Hive. So where do people sign up and can they sign up at any time or they have to like start with a new course? They can sign up anytime and you can go to my website, the www.healwithmelissa.com. There's uh, in the menu, you can hit Thrive Hive and you can sign up. You can go month to month. Um, all of the sessions are recorded. All of our live weekly calls are recorded. So if you can't make the live call, then you can go back and watch it anytime. It's all archived. You can join right where we are. You can watch from the beginning and catch up or just start and just jump right in. 
and give the listeners just a little bit of what some of those modalities are that you cover. Okay. So in January, we talked all about intuition and I taught the hive how to tap into their intuition because that's one of the most important things when it comes to healing. You are going to be bombarded with so many tools and there are so many fabulous things out there for healing. And you have to know what aligns with you and what do you believe is going to work for you. And that's what you need to to go for. And so I taught intuition. I taught all of the hive members how to recognize their intuition, how to tap in so that they can rely on that to help them make these choices that they're making. So we talk about mindset and we talk about EMDR and we talk about EFT tapping. I'm this month I'm teaching all about the nervous system and stored trauma and how we can release that trauma and actually heal the nervous system. Uh, We're going to be talking about yoga, breath work. We're going to do sound frequency healing and talk all about that modality. I mean, the list is endless. So many things. And like I said, you guys, I have heard so many amazing things with it. I actually need to join it. I keep saying that and just haven't done it. So I'm going to do that. It's there for you when you're ready. Thank you so much for being here today. I always end my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient to life. What would you say it is? I would say connection. Mm, connection is the number one ingredient. If I had to narrow it down, um, we are beings that need to connect. We need to connect to the earth. We need to feel it on our skin, skin to skin with mother earth, with healthy food. We need to connect to other healthy people and regulate to, to other humans that are healthy We also need to really connect with ourselves and know who we are and really embrace the wholeness of who we are, not just our gifts and our amazing qualities, but also those parts of us that maybe are our shadow parts that might be a little messy, might need some healing. When we can fully connect in with those, that's where the real healing comes. And we become a whole person when we embrace and connect with the whole of who we are. I love that. So many people talk about connection with other people, and we understand that, that social connection and, you know, a partner, things like that. But we don't really talk about connecting with ourselves very often. And I don't know if a lot of people do truly connect with themselves. So I love that thought, and I'm going to ponder on that thought today. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you again, Melissa, for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time. And you guys go follow her on Heal with Melissa. She teaches so much good information and your dances are so amazing to watch. One of these days, I want to do a dance with you. And again, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Carlin. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.